Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to The Daily with Syl Stein. I am indie author Sylvia Stein. Welcome to the show. As you notice in our uh, daily podcast here on Anchor, yesterday I did my first interview with author A.J. Brown, Stitch Mile Publications' very own author. He's also an editor. And it was so exciting to be able to do a one-on-one interview, which was, as you know, live and um, it was unexpected and uh, it was amazing to get, you know, get to chat with him about writing, editing, life and, and all the stuff that, you know, has to do with uh, being a writer, being an editor, his, uh, you know, his his own experiences through that and, and everything that he was able to share with us. So a shout out to AJ Brown for taking the time. And as you notice, it was my first interview. There was a few little technical things we needed to work out, but I appreciate him coming to the show, and I hope to have more people speak about writing. And as I mentioned before, especially now, because we're working on the book by Amy Peters, or author Amy Peters, the writer's devotional, 365 inspirational inspirational exercises, ideas, tips, and motivations on writing. I... Um, you know, I was so glad that we were able to have him on the show. He did speak about editing as we were talking about, you know, I'm still trying to work on getting editors to come to the show to uh, discuss about editing. Just like we went into the key to revision is learning to look at your work with an editor's eye. That was Thursday. And today we're going to talk about biography, books to read, and a writing prompt for Sunday. So, uh, and because we don't meet only Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, that's why I want you to work on. So hopefully you will. We'll be right back. And welcome back to The Daily with Silstein. So for today, we're going to begin with Week 1 Friday Biography. And this is coming from the book by author Amy Peters, The Writer's Devotional, 365 Inspirational Exercises, Ideas, Tips, and Motivations on Writing. The quote is by George Orwell. In a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. So this is what she says on here. George Orwell was the pen name of Eric Arthur Blair, born in Bengal, India, and raised in England. His early schooling began at St. Cyprian School in Sussex, where he met Cyril Connolly, who later published many of Orwell's essays. He was sent on scholarship to the exclusive boarding school, Eton, where Aldous Huxley was one of his teachers. Blair joined the Indian Imperial Police and served in Burma from 1922 to 1927. Returning west, he lived an impoverished life in Paris and London, making little money as a tutor and a bookshop assistant while he began writing. He fought and was wounded during the Spanish Civil War, and during World War II, he found work as a war correspondent and an editor, writing for the BBC, The Observer, and The Tribune. At the same time, he continued to write books, all of which met with little success. As one biographer put it, his first amateurish effort arose smiles. Yet he kept writing, worked his professional connections, and concentrated on the political message. He abhorred both communism and imperialism. After the war, these two themes repeated in his best-received works, Animal Farm, 1945, and 1984, which he wrote in 1949. 
During most of his career, Orwell was best known for his journalism and essays. Unfortunately, he was able to enjoy fame from his novels only briefly. He died of tuberculosis in 1950. So here, basically, the example says, in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. George Orwell says this. So here, you know, Amy Peters goes into us getting to know about George Orwell. As we know, he wrote uh, the best-selling books that he had were Animal Farm in 1984. But she goes into his beginning, how he began, where his where he made much of an impact and difference. And as a journalist, he did. And then, you know, he worked hard. And uh, at, at first, his work wasn't very successful. It was amateur. You know, she he was able to work where Aldous Huxley was one of his teachers. And then they published his essays. And he, he grew from there. Unfortunately, he didn't really get to enjoy the success of his books, which we now, you know, uh, he, he gained a lot of success, but only enjoyed it briefly. But, however, he made such a difference in his works and what he wrote. So this is an important question, you know, for writers, you know, for any author, especially this rings true with yesterday's interview with uh, Jeff Brown. He did go into about how authors you know we need to always value the work uh you know especially uh, you know the work we do is for our reader we we need to try to always be good to the reader because they're the most important part of what we do the reader and 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 we we try to bring you know bring this to light and always remember that your your work isn't always going to be a work of art sometimes we have to admit to ourselves that some of the work is you know you get critical it's it not everyone's going to love it i'm not saying you can't write it but you have to be willing to accept when work isn't your best and as as here you know when he first wrote a, a, a his first work um it was amateurish and it uh, it wasn't really successful until later on he focused on animal farm in 1984 which he published Animal Farm in 1945 and 1984 was published in 1949. And this is something that is interesting because uh, when I was speaking to Jeff Brown yesterday, author A.J. Brown, he went into how we need to always remember to humble, be humbled by, the, by our readers. They're the ones that make us. And we also have to be willing to understand that not all work is going to be our best, but we need to work hard with it. And we'll be right back. And welcome back to The Daily with Silstein here on Anchor. Happy Friday, everyone. Now we're moving on to Saturday. Books to read from the author Amy Peters, The Writer's Devotional. Writers often... Imagine that their work will bring about social change. That's what Amy Peters says. But few really succeed. The quote by Rachel Carson says, It would be unrealistic to believe that one book could bring a complete change. Even author and scientist Rachel Carson underestimated the power of her own 1962 book, Silent Spring. This important book changed our collective worldview about the dangerous effects of chemicals on the environment. And it continues to affect on our consciousness today. 
It's a wonderful example of how clear and forceful writing can affect change. Silent Spring took on DDT, which is, um, and I, if I mispronounce this, I apologize. Dichlore Dipinilotriclorathin, condemning its effects. During the 1940s and 1950s, DDT had come into widespread use as an agricultural insecticide. It helped farmers grow bigger crops and gain larger yields. Carson, a scientist, recognized and researched the detrimental effects on, of the chemical. Critics, many intimately involved in the chemical business, accused Carson of being a hysterical woman. Yet readers flocked to the book. It leaped to the top of the New York Times bestsellers list, staying in the number one position for 31 weeks. Among Carson's fans was President John Kennedy. After reading the book, he asked his science advisory committee to study the impact of insecticides on the environment. The committee's report vindicated Carson and her work and led to the ban of DDT and other chemicals. Her work also paved the way for books such as Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth. So here, uh, what she says for books to read, and, and here in the example she gives us is how Rachel Carson, I don't think she ever expected to bring about social change. And she succeeded with her book. You know, at first, you know, she was criticized about something that was going on. She spoke about DDT. And again, I do apologize if I mispronounced Dichlorodiphenyltrilorethan. So my apologies on that. It's a very long word, and I know I should know better, but um, it is uh, condemning its, its effects of DDT, which spread insecticides to the agriculture. And uh, basically, she was able to prove that. And then even though critics had you know, made her sound like a, like a hysterical woman, Uh, President John Kennedy was a big fan, and after reading his book, she was vindicated because they were able to uh, take it to the Science Advisory Committee, and they studied the impact of this, of the environment. And then, of course, then it paved the way for Al Gore to release his An Inconvenient Truth. So sometimes one path, you know, a book opens up another path for something else. But the whole point of, of Saturday and, and books to read is to help you um, explore, she says, the stimulating survey of, of 52 books you must have under your belt. These are the best of the best, and there are many different styles and genres, so you can measure your work against the masters and see exactly how they got the job done. So this is an example where you can start, when you read your book, you're working on a manuscript, try to get inspiration from these books that Amy Peters mentions in her uh, writing prompts or in, in this case, the writer's devotional. So hopefully, you know, you get a good start with this book by Rachel Carson. And I also mentioned uh, George Orwell. So you might want to check Animal Farm in 1984 if you haven't read those already. And we'll be right back. And welcome back to The Daily with Sil Stein here on Anchor. Now we're moving on to... The Writer's Devotional by author Amy Peters, Sunday, which is Writing Prompt. And I hope you all will pay attention to this one. And I really hope that uh, you listening, the podcasters or anyone listening, if you're a fellow author, writer, you know, call in and share your writing prompt. And I will read this now. 
If I could live anywhere in the world, this is a writing pop, uh, writing prompt. Sorry. Many of us wish we lived either somewhere more exciting or more peaceful, and this topic allows us to dream, uh, dream big. There are, however, she says, a few of us who realize that we are sitting in a literary goldmine. For example, Peter Mako tackles the joys of living abroad in a tiny French village in his best-selling books about his life in Provence. Interestingly, he's able to capture the flavor of this region and introduce it as a character in all of itself in both his fiction and non-fiction works, a tradition he has continued for more than a decade. Mayo is known for bringing the sights, sounds, smells, and gustory world of France to the page. He does this by recreating a rich, a rich and unique setting that was quite foreign to the majority of his readers when he first went when his first book, A Year in Province, was published in 1989. His books revolve around his experiences with a community of characters where the mundane becomes interesting and where the readers feel that they intimately understand his life and his neighbors. Even if you think nothing ever happens in your own hometown, think again. Practice this technique and write about your neighborhood or write about a place where you've always fantasized living. See if you can bring these locales to life where the community itself plays a central role, not just as a setting, but as a character. Now, this is interesting for this writing prompt and um, also uh, one of the things we touched up on, which were many uh, yes, on yesterday's interview. If you have not listened to it, aside from the beginning technical difficulties, I, I, uh, I uh, would ask you to listen to the podcast with author A.J. Brown. He went into how he um, tended to get some authors or other writers kind of upset because when they asked him about you know, uh, especially as an editor working with authors about the plots or they they would ask him as an author, what is your plot? And he mentioned about not having a plot, but basically life experiences that like stories that you share and your characters drive those stories. So the, the reason I thought of this is because he says male, the, the uh, here, uh, which Peter male is known for bringing the sights, sounds, smells, and gustory world of France to the page. He does this by recreating a rich and unique setting. But the part that got me is where he says his books revolve around his experiences with a community of characters where the mundane becomes interesting, where the reader feels that they intimately understand his life and his neighbors. So, And this is very interesting because A.J. Brown, in his books... If you read them, if you take the time to read them, uh, look those up on Amazon under A.J. Brown or Jeff Brown. Um, and he has uh, Dredging Up Memories. Um, and he, you know, he has different books that he's written. And his characters all are, uh, drive that story. They're, these are life experiences of, of characters that are driving the story. And and uh, it's just like uh, males they were able to do here. He, he uh, revolves his books around his experiences. And that's one thing. You have to have your own experiences to be able to, as a writer, 
exper- uh, be able to tell these stories and then involve the characters or neighbors or someone like that you grew up with that you're able to tell your reader. So it's really interesting. And we'll be right back to give the wrap up. And welcome back to The Daily with Sil Stein. It's time for the wrap up here on the sh- for the show today. As we have been discussing the writer's devotional by author Amy Peters, the 365 inspirational exercises, ideas, tips, and motivations on writing. We started with Writers on Writing Monday, Motivation Tuesday, Wednesday's Writing Class, Thursday Editing, Friday Biography, so and then Saturday's Books to Read and Sunday Writing Prompt. I really hope you guys take the time to go into the uh, the show. I hope you'll listen in or get a copy, you know, listen in, of course, but get a copy of uh, author Amy Peters' Writer's Devotional and get working on these types of prompts that she has in here and, and try to see what they do for you, like what what you liked about them best, what, what worked, you know, for you to kind of get your creative juices flowing. I really have enjoyed doing this uh, show this week, uh, as every week, but especially, you know, this book really has different types of things you can work on, activities, and uh, I hope you'll call to the show and share your ideas, and hopefully we'll get the editors together so I can share about the, the examples they wanted to, uh, the advice or examples that they can give writers and authors out there to listen into. So again, this has been a wonderful show today. I appreciate you all listening here to the Daily Whistle Stein here on Anchor, and I hope you all have a great and happy Friday. I also wanted to extend positive vibes and prayers to all those uh, in um, Texas and all those surrounding areas uh, which are being affected by the hurricane. I believe Hurricane Harvey. I hope that uh, you all are safe and I send and extend all the, the best wishes. And I do have family in Texas, so I send them, you know, I hope everybody's safe and friends out there. And just stay out of the storm and stay safe. And uh, I really hope it doesn't hit hard. And um, I wanted to thank you all for tuning in. And you all have a happy Friday. And thank you for tuning in to The Daily with Silstein here on Anchor. We'll see you back on Monday.